Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia, and with me is my co-host, Mila. Hi, Mila. Hello. Today's episode, episode 38, is The Coming of Arthur. Where are we going? Where are we going? Thank goodness I don't look at the title of the episodes before I watch them. That's what I thought about. The synopsis for today's episode is... Merlin and Arthur are sent on a dangerous mission to capture the Cup of Life, powerful magic artifact that possesses the gift of immortality. That's accurate. And that doesn't spoil most of the episode, I would say. Well, this is quite the episode. I know we usually begin by talking about the episode, but I think the only way to begin, because it's a two-parter, is just to get into it. Because you can't... I mean, it's a good episode. What do you want me to say? A lot of things happen. (laughs) A lot of things that I've been waiting for for forever happen in this episode. Also, this is like the Sir Leon episode. Hi, Sir Leon. I was freaking out in the beginning. I'm like, wait a second. What happened? I was wondering. That's my big question about That's why I want to get right into it. Because my big question is, did you think Sir Leon was dead? Yes, I actually did. How upsetting. Because I thought about it when they opened like that. I was like, he's on the chopping block. He's one character that... We care a lot about, but he's not necessary, so you could kill him. Then that's kind of destroying your audience on purpose. Yes, and because this is a season finale, I was like, well, if they were going to kill a beloved character, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the start of this whole story, is that he died. Luckily, he didn't. Could you imagine how upset I would be if they killed Sir Leon right now? Oh my god! Very upsetting. We need him. We need his help. I wrote, no, not Sir Leon. He's the only normal person in Camelot. <laughs> he is. The sad thing is that he is. I mean, I love even Gwen, but he's the only normal person. <laughs> and and I mean that in the nicest way, because I don't usually use normal as a, as a great compliment. But in this context, we love you, Sir Leon. I'm happy that Rupert Young is not done with us yet with this show. Even just the way Bradley James, like Arthur's kind of breaking the news, made me a little emotional. We lost a lot of nights. We lost like 40 people. But then when you end the list with Sir Leon, everyone's the looks around the room, everyone's like, oh, shit. Yep, exactly. And I thought that he was not going to say it because he says a lot of other names first. And I'm like, maybe he survived. But when he says it, I'm like, oh, no, he's really dead. And then in the next moment, I'm like, oh, no, he's not. He looked dead. He looked pretty dead. Yeah, he looked good and dead. But then the druids show up and save him with magic, of course. So were we supposed to know for sure that they were druids? That's interesting because I wrote druids down knowing. And then I thought to myself, I bet that that's not obvious. It's not because I wrote strangers help Sir Leon with magic. And then when they say that when he says... It was the Druids. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I was like, was I supposed to know right away that they were Druids? I really didn't know. I feel like it's the robes sometimes. But no, I don't think it's, I think that there's a reason they say it. You know what I mean? That's true. And they are very benevolent, but they saved him. (laughs) He comes back. Everyone's happy. And then Uther kind of has to ruin the vibe a bit. And I'm like, no, Uther. Oh my God. We're just happy he's back stop was it magic is that how he got saved i'm like what what does that matter i love it because uther is really confused if he should be grateful or if he should freak out 
just right there and then. He is really like, oh, was it magic? Was, but we don't really care. We just care that you're alive. But was it magic? Tell me. Tell me. Say yes or no. Tell me no. Like, what do you care? He's back. Yeah. Arthur's like, this is a good thing. Don't, don't ruin it for us. Okay. Shh. Stop talking. What a ruiner in this episode. God. Oh, a cup. Oh, no. A lot of looks get thrown around the room. Like, a lot. It's one of those soap opera moments where you just go to each character for their reaction shot. I was going to say this is a very Mexican soap opera style of scene. Yep, just eyes, eyes, eyes. React, react, react. Side eye, side eye, side eye. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Me too. We actually end the scene on a long Merlin look to Morgana. He's like, I'm watching you. He doesn't even really know what's going to happen, but he's like, hmm, this is bad. <laughs> it's like, this could turn into something bad because of you. I'm foreseeing it. Yeah. I love what happens next because we get to go to what I think is Sir Leon's room, which is clearly Arthur's room address, but not as badly as last episode. It's just that now I look for the fireplace. You know what I mean? Yes. I was really excited. I was like, oh, it's Sir Leon's room. He has a room in the castle. Gaius is tucking him in. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're okay. You're good. You're, you survive. Yeah. Of course, this gets into there's so many of courses in this episode. This is another one where my notes are just, of course, we get into the hallway. And Gaius is trying to chill the situation down as much as he can with Uther. Let's be honest about the whole episode. He's right. It was better kept secret because by going there, you're giving up the location. It's been safe where it is the whole time. Just leave it. I mean, I'm torn a little bit, to be honest, because Morgana's already heard. So they would go looking for it now. But still, it was better to just let the druids handle it. Yeah, it would have been better. I think I agree with Gaius. Because he says the cup is in good hands. They're not going to use the cup for something bad. And it's hidden. Nobody knows where it is. Even though Sir Leon is like, oh, they have the cup, but we don't know where they are. Yeah, he didn't explain it in court. He probably tells Arthur where to go, which is why there's a deleted scene later of Morgana trying to butt in on Arthur's research about where he's going. That's the only deleted scene. I'll say this about the deleted scene. It was good to see Arthur wise up enough not to tell Morgana something. Thank the Lord. Because Gaius goes, leave it where it is. And then Uther goes, no, I'm going to get it. <sighs> Wrong. Might it not be wise to leave it? I'm like, it 100% might. <laughs> 100% might. Yeah, yeah, it might, dummy. Just let sleeping dogs lie. Have you never heard that one, Uther? Yep. Why must you poke at things? <laughs> Just why? Be grateful Sir Leon's back. And carry on with your life. Just carry on. Just carry on. Back home, we, we have story time with Gaius. I'm just going to say right now, uh, getting a drop of blood from every man in your army sounds tedious and long as fuck as a process. Look, I thought the same thing. I'm like, how many days did you guys take to do this? Also, where does the cup stay then? Like, do you travel with the cup? Because I hope you have some saran wrap to close that shit up. When he was telling the story, I'm like, please do not tell me that somebody drank this blood. Thank goodness nobody actually drank it. But what did you do afterwards? Pour into the fire? It's still a family show. Put it in a Ziploc bag and carry it around? <laughs> what? How does that work? I mean, spoiler, we might find out at next episode where the cup is. That might be me complaining about something next episode already where I'm like, okay, it's really highly inconvenient that this cup is holding everybody's blood. 
Right. Just saying. We get it. Thanks, guys. Camelot is in mortal danger again. And uh, immortal army, check. We know this is where it's going, right? Because there's no option but for everything to go wrong, as Merlin will soon point out. <laughs> Uther and Arthur are talking, and Uther gives him the secret mission. I, I like that he says, I don't want to burden you with this. He doesn't really want to send Arthur out, but he doesn't think anyone else is going to keep the secret or succeed. I was going to say, what about Sir Leon? He already knows where the police is. And you can trust him, I think. Are you 100% might trust Sir Leon. Anyways, it's Arthur's quest, obviously. Yeah, Sir Leon's resting. He's done enough. Uh, that's true. He might not be recovered enough to go and do this. I, ex I accept that as a, as a reason. I mean, I don't 100% because I love the diagnosis from Gaius. It's a cup that can heal your wounds, but cannot make you undehydrated. Just saying. He just has to rest and hydrate. Yeah, just like everybody else. Okay, here's what I really want to know. Did you believe for a second? Because once Arthur did go on a quest alone, very purposefully, and we remember the word, alone, from Arthur. Yes. Did you uh, for a second believe? When he said, you must go alone, that he wasn't going to take Merlin with him. No, I actually knew that they were going together right away. It just cracks me up every time he's like alone and then cut to the next scene where Merlin and Arthur are getting ready. I knew it. This time I'm like, there's no way that they're not going to go together. And then Arthur says, will you be ready by dawn? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yep. Not alone. Together. That's what I wrote. Alone together. I adore whoever wrote this scene because the fact that Merlin finds it really inconvenient to pack for a trip that he does not know the details of. I've had this this argument with an ex. We were going on a trip and he refused to make plans and I was like, but how will I know what to pack? It's important because then you can pack accordingly. Am I going to a fancy place? Are we going to have dinner somewhere? Am I going to skiing? I that must have been stressful. I'm stressed out for you. And it happened in the past. <laughs> Thank you. Look, what I'm saying is that Merlin's right. You can't pack well when you have no details. Then he goes, just pack. And then Merlin gets something with a camel across. He's like, no, not that one. <laughs> just pack. But pack, pack anything, but not that. Not that thing that you just got. And then he says, you know, we're not going for a holiday. And this is one of my favorite lines of this whole episode. A holiday? What's a holiday? <laughs> I have that line down also. It's funny, sassy, and just so true. Like, hey, you never give me a single freaking day off. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't even sleep at night. What are we talking about a holiday? I don't know what that is. I continue to say this, but this is another one of those scenes between them. And I'm like, this is a lot of why I love this show because it, this dynamic works so well. It's well written. It's well acted. It always works. And it's so great for this scene also because you can see that Arthur is so concentrated on what he has to do that he is just letting it pass. He's like, whatever, Merlin, just continue packing and stop talking to me. He's like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> of course, we get a shot of the full moon. We get Cloaky Morgana, which uh, now that you've seen this outfit again in this episode, I think it's really clear that there's like a, a coat. Yes. And the coat has three-quarter sleeves, so it lets the big, long, billowy sleeves of the dress hang out for everyone who was following our intense conversation last time about 
this purple dress coat. About this dress, if it had a hood just attached to the top or if it was an entire coat. Now we know. Yeah. And of course, it's, you know, cloaking Morgana meets more ghosts. It's bad news. They're going to do something terrible. Here we go. Classic Merlin episode. And they ride out. It's questy time with Merlin and Arthur. Morgana and Morgos. I love it because Morgos like, what? A cup? What did you say? She's like, yes, that's what I heard. And I'm like, see, they didn't know what their cup was. And it was in Sanred's kingdom. And he didn't know that they were there. So I don't just leave them there to not know anything about it. But no, now Morgos and Sanred are on it. It's bad, bad news. Yeah, of course they made it worse. Of course now Morgos and Sanred are like, because again, the plan is to follow somebody, right? They're going to follow them. Right. Because they have no freaking idea where it is. Anyway, okay. So questy time with Merlin and Arthur. I love it. I'm excited about it. And I love that Merlin's being a total smartass from the beginning. He's like, we're going to Sandred's kingdom. He's like, how do you know? Well, we're in the forest of Esseteer and we're not stopping. Like, he's from that kingdom. He knows where you're going. He's not that dumb. He's not dumb at all. And let's all remember that Merlin is from that kingdom. He grew up there. Yes. <laughs> and he's been around. He's been in quests, either following you or with you. You know what I mean. Yeah. This is where it all continues. This this dynamic is the best. I've got a 1 in 40 chance. And Arthur shows he's not that dumb. He's pretty good at math and statistics. Because he's like, actually, it's considerably worse because there's only two of us. <laughs> there is just me and you. So, yeah, the probability that you're going to die is significantly higher. It's actually almost 100% on those stats because uh, Sir Leon got saved by the druids. No one lived except that he got his ass saved by magic. <laughs> You know, the whole like, don't be such a pessimist. It's like, fine, but past experience and already there's a dart in Arthur's neck. <laughs> Tranquilizer darts. This is, I thought about that, that commentary where they talked about Bradley's face when he gets hit with something and knocked out. Same. So brilliant. His face when he gets... So good. <laughs> he cracked me up. Just like the, the shock and the passing out off his horse. Oh, I love it. So great. I... Don't know if Gwen was in the preview. Was he? Did you remember? I don't remember. You don't remember. So you were surprised. I was surprised. They wake up in this dungeon, basically, and kind of like a pit. Yeah. Right. What I love is because I know he's in there in the in the very wide shot they do that like almost crane really high up shot. I can see him coming through the crowd towards them. I'm like, he's here. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Gwen so much. Oh my God. So we meet Jarl and of course he picks Merlin for the fight. So again, of course, Arthur goes into like defend Merlin mode. Yes. <laughs> he looks a little inconvenienced. He's like, oh God. It's like, come on. No, I can't let you go and fight. He's inconvenienced by the whole thing. I love that when Gwen says, I'm ready. He's a champion. And the timing of both Bradley and Colin turning around with their faces. At Gwen, like, what? And Gwen's like, well, sorry, I didn't have time to tell you. Why do you have to put your foot in your mouth, Arthur? What, like, Gwen wanted to fight Merlin? No. But I love how happy Merlin was that Gwen was in there. Oh, ecstatic, because they're really good friends. Oh, my God, I love this friendship. It's so sweet. 
It is so sweet. And it's actually funny because this is Merlin's friendship. Yes. Gwen's not really friends with Arthur. They know each other through Merlin. Yeah. So it's nice. And it's always nice to have this dynamic back where there's two people to gang up on uh, on Arthur, just to even Merlin's playing field a bit. I love it. I love it. They have to fight to the death, of course, because what else would it be? If you're trading slaves, having them kill each other and have your numbers is like really dumb. Kind of dumb. Wait a minute. Why don't you just sell this person instead and get the money? Uh, well, you know, not the brightest bulb. Arthur and Gwen, literally, they fight, and I feel like it's obvious, but maybe it wasn't. Of course, they have no plan. These two just start fighting and then get more and more heated because one of them's faking too hard. I love it. I love the way that Arthur says, hey, take it easy. <laughs> Because it's like he was not expecting that Gwen was actually going to try to fight him. They're right there. You got to put on a show. I don't know why this line just cracks <laughs> me up. Anyway, this whole thing. And Merlin comes to the rescue with what? Fire! Ah, oh, we're too happy to see fire in this show now. It's pretty Some of it looked real. I was confused. I think it is real. I was like, did you guys set a thing on fire on top of the entire cast? What is happening? Look... It does look pretty real. I don't know. I don't know. It looked real. It looked hella real. I think that it was. Let's just believe that. Okay, we have to find out who was in charge of all the fire stunts and have them on the podcast. That's our number one person. I agree. Oh my God. I would be so happy. At this point, we just might as well rename the podcast like Fire on Merlin. Like, just that's all we care about. That is pretty much all that we care about. <laughs> yes. A good runaway moment, which... Never happens that in my head I'm not hearing Monty Python. Okay? Ever? No. When people run away from something like that, this is run away. Yep. Yep. Hey, Arthur, how about you don't smack Merlin? You just got saved, by the way. Here's what I love. Merlin blurts out that it's the cup of life. Arthur smacks him. Colin Morgan's face of genuine confusion. He says, it's Gwen. Does this face even after he says Gwen? And he's like... What's wrong with you? He's like our best friend. Also, it's like, it's pretty hard to be like, yeah, we're just going to roam around and not tell you what we were trying to do. Like Gwen says, I think you guys need some help. So it's okay to tell me what you're trying to do. And you know that I'm a friend and that I'm actually going to help you. So I don't understand either. And also, this is kind of a theme, right? First of all, Gwen saved Arthur's life three times by my count. We've already stepped into a quest with these three before. Yes. This is kind of the dream team for quests, okay? Just given, Arthur, just given to the nature of this, okay? It's not fighting it. But really, Colin Morgan's face is just like the most genuine confused look I've ever seen. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. It's Gwen. Right. And I think because he, Merlin, knows that Gwen is his his friend, he trusts Gwen 100%. And somehow, I don't know why, Arthur still doesn't. Or he's just freaked out by the whole thing. He is because, let's be honest, Arthur usually tells Morgana everything. And in the deleted scene, he refuses to tell her anything about where he's going. Yeah. So I get it. But it's just like, well, we're here now. This is what you have for today. So just take what you can and go. Yeah. I also love that the bickering that starts between Gwen, 
and Arthur about the fight. And then Merlin just loses his patience. This this is so well written. All these interactions, all of these scenes are so well written. And I just love that Merlin loses it. He's like, you're both idiots. And if it wasn't for the fire, we'd still be there. Because you didn't have any plan. Your plan was just to try to fight and figure it out as we go. I love how he's just saying we should be thankful for the fire. I'm like, hey, it was me. I I got you out of there. Right. Just like this abstract idea of like a fire started. Thank the mysterious fire and go on. Thank you, mysterious fire. <laughs> like Merlin trying to get some credit for his work without actually getting any credit. At least they stopped bickering. They're like, yeah, we we might might as well stop this and just keep walking. Gwen's also permanently on on Merlin's side, so he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, all of this stuff we keep intercutting with there's a different kind of bickering happening between Morgos and Senred. So let me tell you something. I've been waiting for this to happen for so many episodes because both of them are too powerful and too full of themselves. There's no way. For a second there, they had a vibe that's like, we're going to be a couple. But at the end of the day, no one wants to budge. And I was waiting for this to start happening. Well, what she really needs is his army, right? She doesn't really give a shit about him. She's always using him. I actually really felt for him. This is going to be the ultimate nitpick of the whole show for me. I hate the way they structured a sentence. I hate that they wrote, when I'm threatening you, you'll know about it. I, I hate that sentence so much. Every time I watch this episode, I'm like, I feel graded by the sentence structure. I'm like, no, you'll just know it. You won't know about it. Uh, yes. You just know it. Maybe it's an American versus British thing. I don't know. Could be. Because I thought that that was weird also. That was a weird way to phrase that. It's more words. It's clunkier. It doesn't sound like a sharp threat. Yeah. When I'm threatening you, you'll know it. Yep. Every time I watch this. No. No. Anyway. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I had to. I made a podcast so I could say these things. Okay. <laughs> it's really sad for Cedric, actually, because he's just kind of enamored with her. He is. And he said in the past, he said, I have a kingdom. I have power. I have like I have all these things. I don't need I don't really need to go to Camelot, but I'm doing this for you. I'm going along with this plan because I want this for you. And I think she in the past she has played along pretty well for him to believe that maybe she's interested. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you know he was going to die when she earlier said No. Because she does throw it out there. She says, you'll get exactly what you deserve. And I'm like, oh, there it is. She kind of threw it out earlier in the episode. That's the real threat. No, I think. No, I didn't know. I'm sad. Bye, Tom Ellis. We'll miss you. But Sedman doesn't die right now. We're just getting ahead of ourselves because it's so crazy that he dies in this episode. Because Jarl dies now. There's all this bickering. This is all the foreshadowing of Sedman's in trouble later. But she kills Jarl with like not even a thought. I don't even know why this was important, by the way, because like they already knew he caught Arthur. I guess he gave them the direction they went in. Fine. Yeah, I don't really know. I think just Morgos is just on a mission. And she's like, you stood in our way for a second. So now, goodbye. So they make it to the caves, our trio. And uh, we have a very unfortunate moment of Arthur kind of being the bad guy. Literally, I have it in my notes. What the fuck, Arthur? Hey, holding kids at sword point is never the good option, Arthur. 
what the fuck are you doing? And Merlin's trying to be his little, you know, like moral angel on his shoulder. Like, hey, just let the kid go. He's just a kid. Like, what is wrong with you? It's very weird. It was very weird. It's bizarre just because I saw a little bit of Uther there at that moment that would just do anything for what he wants. And I don't like it. I didn't like it. Made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's really just an out of character, weird thing he does. I don't know if it's supposed to be that he's that freaked out. That's how I read it. That he's so desperate and that freaked out that finally he got there. And he's just kind of out of his mind. Yeah, a bit. Now, they give it over. The main druid talks to Merlin as Emerus. And poor Merlin, right? All the responsibility, no power. Like, yes, power, magic power. Like, he's powerful. But he has no power in his life. He barely has autonomy over his day. (laughs) Actually, he doesn't have autonomy over his day or his sleeping schedule or anything. At all. It's so unfair. I think what I get from this is that they gave it over because of him, not because of Arthur. Yes, and they do warn Arthur by taking the cup of life, you risk more than you know. But I think that you're right, and they only give it to him because they know that Merlin can protect it. Yeah. Also, that's an exterior shot, right? There is like steam coming out of their mouth and noses. It it looks really cold. Is the cave real? I don't know. I guess. Maybe. For a second, it didn't seem really real. But when I saw them, like a shot of them up close and they were talking, you could see the air coming out of their mouths. It's like, maybe they are outside and it's really, really cold. Maybe they're inside and it's really, really cold. (laughs) Could be also. Could be also. That is possible, actually, on a soundstage. Because, you know. It is. You can't. It's very possible. You can't run AC or heating when um when you're recording because they're too loud that's why it's nice to have sound stages in places that are temperate like los angeles california true yeah this immediately goes to shit because they get into the forest and of course merlin's like to arthur's comment about it's only safe in the vaults of camelot yeah we we have to get it there first like that that's not the problem anyone was having not gaius not merlin we're not worried about it being safe in camelot we're worried about getting it from Point A to point B. Yes, I have those two lines down also. And that makes a lot of sense because, yes, you have it now in your possession, but you don't have a horse. You can't go back really fast. You literally have to walk back to Camelot. And it's like three days walk. So a lot can happen on the way back, just saying. Well, Merlin is only 100% right because they immediately get ambushed. Like, immediately. Doesn't take 30 seconds to lose the cup. Arthur gets shot with an arrow. I have it here immediately. Immediately ambushed. That's what I have in my notes also. Like, the cup is gone. Obviously, Sam Red will do the same as Agaius' story. They're all fucked at this moment. Great. Yeah, Sandman gives some evil speech, and I'm like, oh, why is every king that supports magic evil? That's another question. <laughs> yeah, you guys are not really helping our cause here. It's really hard. Really hard. Well, now back at court, they're panicking, so of course we're going to send Sir Leon to fix everything. Yep, it's like, Sir Leon, you know where the cave is. You've recovered, so now you go die. Again. 
I can't even, okay, with this whole Morgana-Uther interaction that happens here. I don't even want to address it. My notes are precisely, ugh, Morgana. Yeah. I just wrote another gross Morgana-Uther interaction. Gross because he doesn't see it and she's just being so, ugh, sweet, but like fake. And I'm just like, no. I hate it. I hate it. I do love this episode, though, because things start to change. And I'm like, finally. She's like, oh, don't blame yourself. I'm like, shut up, Morgana. Just stop. Stop it. Oh, my God. Like throwing up sounds. I just, ugh, it's so annoying. It is. You, you and I have a particularly low threshold for fakeness. So, yeah. I just can't. I really bothers me. Anyway, I love that back in the forest, Merlin is clearly trying to get Gwen to leave to do magic. I love it. Gwen's like, nah. Were you confused? Yes, I was, actually. Because I believed it 100% what he was saying. He, like, tweaked all of us, I feel like. If you watch this for the first time, you don't know that he's kidding. No. It's like, don't you know who is kidding? I'm like, you didn't sound like you were kidding. What are you talking about? He literally would walk into fire for Merlin, so. Merlin's like, um, you know, there's like animals and stuff in the forest, and I don't know how to fight like you. It's like, well, it's never too late to learn. I'm like, that's horrible. I'm just loving these. Like, don't you know when someone's messing with you? No, no, I don't know because it didn't. It didn't sound like that. It's pretty great. I'm sad for Merlin that his magic doesn't work. He's terrible at healing. Can we just? Yes, that's what I wrote in my notes also. Merlin is not good at healing people. He really needs to study up. I'm telling you, he, he uses guys as a crutch too much in this department. Mm, that's true. Well, we're back to the logistics of uh, getting blood from an entire... How many people is this? This army is ridiculously huge. It would take days. <laughs> like, actual days. I'm also going to nitpick the fuck out of that you're supposed to get a drop from each, and she took, like, 20 drops from the first guy. I'm like, that cup's going to fill up pretty fast. You're not donating blood. It's just one drop for this to happen. By the way, the answer to both those nitpicks is that they wanted to look good on camera. Like, more blood, more people, more CGI. And I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, I understand that it's, like, kind of anticlimactic when you see the cup of life and it's like blink one drop of blood and I'm like yeah I understand why they wanted more blood in there but they could at least had like five people it's just easier to do with one person I understand the whole reasons why they did what they did but no <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah everywhere from like how easy or hard it is to deal with the production to what looks cool on screen. I understand why all of this happened. I'm just saying, I doubt it. <laughs> Not realistic. We're talking about a cup of life that makes people immortal and then we're nitpicking that five drops of blood instead of one and getting blood for an entire army is unrealistic. Go figure. Listen, I won't nitpick the timeline stuff like they didn't have apples back then because that's stupid, but this stuff I will nitpick all day long this is this is the moment this is what we were talking about earlier when we got excited about not excited like happy but like shocked excited about what happens to Cedric because he gets killed i'm first of all pretty impressed that he's able when he only does one sword at a time he can reach it faithful listeners will remember that that leather suit is so tight 
Tom Ellis can't take the swords out himself. He can't reach them. But when you only do one, you have you have more mobility. Right. You have a little bit more range than going because the other the opposite arm is not pulling it on the other side. So you have at least like a little bit more go with your costume. I thought about it even when he sat down in this episode. I'm like, oh my god, that suit must be so uncomfortable to sit down in if it's that tight. Things that you do for TV. Yeah. It looks great. It does. I'm sad to say goodbye to Tom Ellis. I really didn't think that she was going to kill him. Yeah, it's surprising because he's like a regular now. <laughs> yes. I just really thought that he was going to at least carry out the plan with them, with Morgana and Morgos. I really didn't know that he was not going to be part of the whole plan of invading Camelot. Honestly, I just wrote, poor, stupid Sedred. Yeah, I really feel for him. He believed he believed her. And she was like, no, now that the army is under my control, I really don't need you anymore. Yeah, it's funny. He's kind of likable because he's being puppeted by someone. Yes, you feel at the end of the day, he's trying to obviously invade Camelot. And you still kind of feel for him at the end. It's like, oh, you also got tricked by these ones. Yeah, because at her behest. Like, he doesn't, he's not planning on ruling Camelot. He just wants more ghosts. He says earlier, I just want the spoils of war, which is her. That's when she said, you'll get what you deserve. And here we are. I really didn't know that she meant this. But, yep, here we are. Meanwhile, poor Sir Leon's on patrol and uh, almost gets killed again. Again. I wrote, before he gets attacked, he sees the army. And I wrote, is that like a million men? <laughs> that is like a million people, yes. A million immortal people did you think he was gonna die now no i think i thought that he, i thought that he was safe well someone's gotta make, make it back to camelot to warn everybody <laughs> exactly and that's why i knew that he was not going to die yeah he does make it to the court and warns uther and gaia says i think we have a traitor and then looks directly at morgana <laughs> because uther is like i wonder how Sandra knew of the cup it was secret. And I'm like, yes, until you send somebody there to get it. It was secret. And then I love that guy is, is the only explanation is that we have a traitor. And I'm like, just tell him right now. Say something. Yeah. And then we have all this great, great Camelot readies for battle stuff. I love it. Magic windows, great CGI soldiers, the hallways, all of it. I love it so much. And Morgana gets super duper creepy with Gwen. And Gwen is smart enough to lie. <laughs> Gwen is so smart, and I'm so proud of this moment. And I'm like, see, this is why you're my one of my favorite characters from the very first episode. Yeah, yeah. She's really smart to lie here. Because, like, Morgana's kind of just admitting it to her. And Morgana's, like, really happy she gets to keep Gwen. Yes. She's like, ooh, my first follower. I have a person who's loyal to me now. And she's hugging her and Gwen's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like what? When, when she comes, like, what a bitch. Oh my God, she's so terrible. She is. Back in the forest, Arthur wakes up and uh, resumes yelling at everyone. Wakes up in full freak out mode. They're like, you were passed out. He's yelling at them about it. I'm like, hey, you're the one that got hit by an arrow, buddy. They might be poisoned. And that's why he was having the fever and everything. And Merlin says you were asleep you were recovering he's like oh you always have an excuse 
Like, wait, what? If Merlin didn't care as much as he does about Arthur, he could have taken on all those guys who took the cup. Let's be honest. Okay. But sorry for not letting you die, Arthur. Jeez. Next time I'll just let you die alone in the woods, I guess. So Merlin, Arthur, and Gwen make their way back to Camelot, see a whole lot of slaughter, a whole lot of bad things, fire all over the place, more fire. <laughs> let me tell you. When I started saying that I was going to count how many knights and guards in Camelot died since episode one, the count is up considerably in this episode. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. It's uncountable because you don't see it all. All of Camelot's no. dead, basically. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, when we get things back on track, who's going to be alive in the kingdom? Who is alive? Who, who lives in this kingdom anymore? Because I thought that everyone died. I love that they go straight for Gwen's house. I love it. And Elian is there. Yay. Thank goodness. We've got great fighters. We've got Gwen, Arthur, Elian, Merlin. It's a good group of people if they're going to rescue. Because you got to think now, the whole point of this whole thing, because you don't think Camelot's lost forever, I don't think. You need to build up who's getting the place back. <laughs> right, right. It feels actually pretty organic that they're like gathering their little team as they go. <laughs> it does because as you're going, you're like inspecting the places or going searching for people who are still alive. And it feels really natural that they would be together now. Yeah. And we get a where's Guinevere from Arthur. That's when Elian says the thing that we are always taught is not possible. The Citadel's been taken. Well, here we are, guys. I guess we learned in the last episode that it is possible because uh, Uther took it. So here we go. Let's not go back to that. <laughs> At the castle, Merlin kind of takes charge and delivers my favorite line of the whole episode, which is, to hell with your orders, you're coming with me. I've never heard him talk to Arthur like that before this episode. Well, he has to. It's an emergency. And we need Arthur to be alive and actually not just alive, but well to fight. Because we need him. It's not enough to just be alive. We need you to be ready to go for it. Like able to do something, anything at all. Yes. Here's what I want to know before what happens next. Because Merlin takes him to his rooms, his and Gaius' rooms. Did you think there was a chance that Gaius was dead? No. Because you think they'd show it on screen? Yes. There's no way. I didn't think that anyone was dead at this point. Because I thought that everyone was everyone in the main cast i would say would have to witness what's going to happen next i love that merlin finds gaius hiding in a closet they are so happy to see each other it's so sweet i love this scene oh, they deliver that gaius merlin so beautifully it just makes me happy it warms my heart yes it really does they get to pack in essentials. We got to run kind of stuff. Of course, Arthur doesn't want to listen to good reason. So he's like, just give me some meds to get me on my way. And by essentials, by the way, like Merlin's packing his book. They never really call it anything special, but it is like his grimoire. Yeah. For those of you who know what witchcraft, <laughs> how witchcraft works, uh, you have a grimoire, which is your book of spells. Mm -hmm. He even packs the water of Avalon that uh, the Fisher King gave him because he's probably feeling like oh, this is the greatest time of need this is this will be it this might be what he was talking about that day this is pretty bad there's one little thing of Gwen and Elian 
rounding a corner and sneaking around. I don't know why I love it so much. I mean, I think I know, but I can't really talk about it. It's like future stuff, but it just like it feels good to see it. So anyway, Uther's arrested. Just before going there, I just love that Merlin's line when Arthur says, go to the woods. And he says, Merlin should go with them. It's like, nah, I've seen the woods before. Yes, yes. I love it. I mean, of course he's going to stay with him. Yeah, Elian and Gwen take guys to safety into the woods. And they're supposed to meet up if they can. Hopefully they're alive. Yeah. So when Arthur and Merlin sneak over to the throne room, or what we've always called the Great Hall, it's the reveal. Morgana is the bad guy. And Uther is just heartbroken. He's shocked. And she even says, oh, don't look so surprised. And then she shocks the hell out of Arthur because she says, I am your daughter after all. Poor Merlin looks over at Arthur like, oh, that's... Oops. He's like, yeah, I knew that. Couldn't tell you, but I knew that. Exactly. I'm super mad because they're shoving Jeff around and I'm like, hey, stop it. I'm like, leave him alone. Talk about one of the one of the other Camelot normals. Kind of normal. <laughs> kind of. Again, not, not totally. He has no choice. I don't blame him. Morgana Pendragon, Queen of Camelot. I do have to say, she looks so good in that throne. <laughs> Stunning. It's hard to not notice it and be like, okay, you look kind of great. <laughs> you can be queen for a little bit because you look amazing. We'll let you have it for like five minutes because wow, she looks amazing. 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 And I don't think, is the crown that she's wearing Uther's crown? No, it's a different one. I wondered about that when I looked at the shot of her. I didn't rewind it. I didn't rewind it either. It can't be because we would have noticed all those jewels. We would have. I don't think it is the same because Uther's crown is more square. A bigger version of what Arthur wore in a few episodes. It's just a more square kind of manly, let's say, crown. And But that crown, Morgana's crown is amazing. It's an amazing crown. I love it. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I mean, the hair, makeup, dress, all it's just, it's the shot of her sitting on the throne of Camelot, of course. You're going to get all done up. They did an amazing job. Yeah. And she is already so beautiful. So, you know. Yeah, of course. When you dress that up and put more stuff on top of it, it's like, yep, you look like a queen. I can't remember. And I didn't go watch the episode again. Didn't we see a shot of her for a second? In the Crystal Cave. I think I didn't bring it up to you when we recorded that because I'm like, I'm not sure what you saw or didn't see and I can't say it. For a second you see it. I didn't see it because I really don't remember. Everyone can write into uh, our Instagram and tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a second where it's in the visions that he sees. And I think in that episode, if you even if you do notice her sitting on the throne, you dismiss it because it doesn't happen in that episode. Like you think... Merlin at least accomplished that much. Right. Yeah, if if I saw it, if it's there and I saw it, I forgot about it. I don't think it like really registered that that was really a possibility. Well, here we are. And talk about looks around the room. There's just like a lot of looks. It's just, Arthur is so shocked. So shocked. 
Yeah, it's pretty shocking to be like, oh, also, like, they were kind of like, that's why in the early episodes I couldn't say anything about how icky it is that they're kind of like hinting at them having a romance. I'm like, yeah, no, no, thank you. There's like the line where Gwen says she was made to be queen, like she will marry Arthur. And I'm like, you're his sister. (laughs) No, thanks. Let's move on from that idea. I look, I won't name them. There are versions of the tale where they are involved and related. It's not that far-fetched. See, people, it happened before Game of Thrones. Can you tell that it's not that original of an idea? I have to point that out, but, you know. I watched eight seasons of that show, and I don't remember that. Oh. Jamie and... Uh, Oh, yeah, Jamie. Duh. I'm just saying, it has been written before. Obviously, he's inspired by things like an Arthurian legend, and that's totally fine. That is absolutely 100% okay. What is not okay is everyone treating like this is 100% an original idea that has never been done before. It is not. Yeah, the show has all those things. Dragons, fire. (laughs) Oh, it has fire. A lot of it. It has more fire than Game of Thrones, actually. Also, most of the fire is real, somehow. (sighs) Well... It's kind of weird because we have to leave it on this note of uh, next week on Merlin. I mean, I don't know what you saw and didn't see, but this is... Oh, my God. I almost cried. The spoilers. I'm so angry. So, first of all, I know I was like, she's going to hate that I watched this. Angry and excited because I'm like, I don't... I'm not going to name the things until you said you saw them. So... I will say, well, the first thing you see is Kilgara's back, right? So, like, come on. So... It's getting to the end, I will like check the time and I'm like, oh my God, there's three minutes left. We're going to, this episode is going to end so soon and I'm not going to be able to watch the next one. Well, it's a good note to end it on. She's been crowned. Everyone gives the looks. So many looks, so many worried looks. It's a great cliffhanger because it's kind of a closure at the same time as it is a cliffhanger. What they've been working on for so long has finally been accomplished and now we're going to know what happens next. Did you see Morgana getting crowned queen coming at the end of this season? No. No, I didn't. How long do you think she's going to be on the throne? Oh, God. I hope not that long. I'm just wondering. Oh, that's a horrifying thing to think about. Do you think they're going to get it back next episode? Is that what you think? No, I think that somehow Uther's actually going to die. Oh, you think this is Uther's death? Yes, I do. I can understand, especially because this is part one, so that means the next episode title is The Coming of Arthur, part two. Yes. I, there's just too much happening in these two episodes. It's a lot. It's a lot. Because now Senred's kingdom's crest is on Camelot. It is, it's his, or no, it's, it's Morgos. That would be Morgana's crest, because she's the queen of Camelot. So they just created one for her. I mean, everyone would have had a crest. It's not the dragon anymore. That's all I'm saying. Which is weird because she's a pen dragon. And the, the queen, they crowned her under the pretense of Morgana Pendragon. Maybe she just wanted to start again. I'm not sure. There's just banners hanging from windows that are not with the Camelot symbol. Anyways, there is three things. Important thing. I almost cried. Seriously. I'm very serious in this preview. When I saw Kilgara, I was like... Oh, crap. (laughs) One, the dragon. Two, that's the round table. Three, Excalibur. Whatever. Like, I just, I'm like almost crying now because I want to watch next episode so bad. When I saw the round table, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. 
what really is important is it's the round table and it's Excalibur. And you're right. That's the only thing that matters in the next episode is the round table is here and Excalibur is here. That's a really big deal. I think that I was so excited at those things that I saw those things that I forgot all of the other things. Excalibur is not just back. Excalibur is being handed over by the Lady of the Lake. There's so much to happen next episode. Remember when I told you they wanted to save money for the season finale? <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. It's not like a tiny little episode. It's just big. I love it. I can't wait to watch it. I think I'm going to cry because I almost cried in the previews for the next episode. So, you know, here we are. We'll see you next time with the Round Table and Excalibur. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Me too. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, guys.